Welcome to Exposed Conferences Season 2. I'm your host, Christina Danielle. Thank you for tuning into the podcast where we are going to be exposing the current trends, challenges, and the future of conferences. As well, I'll be having candid conversations with industry experts that will elevate your events and help you create partnerships that expand beyond the calendar year. I'm really happy to have you listening today, and I hope you benefit from today's episode as well as future episodes. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with John Capano, Senior Vice President of Client Development at ImpactXM. John applies his expertise in strategy, digital, and client service for both B2B and B2C programs to ImpactXM's growing portfolio of Tier 1 trade shows, event, and experiential marketing projects. John brings two decades of experience as a strategy and marketing leader across several industries including automotive, technology, travel, and business services. With a wide range of expertise in B2B and B2C strategy, brand development, and experiential marketing, John's brand experience includes multiple Fortune 100 global clients. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Christine. It's really great to be here. I'm a big fan and excited to be on the show. Oh, wonderful. On recent episodes, we had discussed how to build out virtual events, touched on some fun and unique virtual sponsorship offerings. And while we touched a little bit on attending engagement, I'm really excited to expand on the topic of gamification because it's become such a popular phrase. And for a lot of us who are just new to the virtual event side of event planning, I think it's still a little bit unfamiliar to a lot of us. And so just happy to expand on the topic. Can you explain to listeners what gamification is and what is its purpose? Sure, absolutely. In, in its uh, easiest form, gamification is just the application of game ideas, game theory, game protocols to really any experience. So the way it's used in our industry is generally awarding points or some type of reward or awards for people to do certain actions. So if you imagine a a game, any game, if you do something, you get something. So if you're playing Monopoly and you land on a square and you get $200 for passing go, it's really that same idea applied to different areas. So it could be applied how someone visits a website or actions you want them to take within the context of a virtual event or within a virtual exhibit. So why should a event planner gamify their event? Well, so when someone comes to a virtual event, you obviously as the host or as say an exhibit or a sponsor, you want them to complete certain actions. You want to create engagement. And gamification is one of those strategies that really helps you do so. So imagine you're going to a virtual event and you want them to visit a sponsor booth. Well, you can apply a certain amount of points to that sponsor booth. And then you can apply a certain amount of points to watching the main stage introduction by your CEO while it's live versus while it's recorded. You can apply a certain amount of points to say downloading that PDF. And it's it's similarly, if you think back 20, 30 years in marketing, how we use sweepstakes, and we still do today, but maybe they're a little bit less popular than they were. You know, it was like fill in the form to win something. And really that was a connection to either capturing a lead or getting somebody to actually do something. And gamification is kind of a fun and interesting way because we have that kind of innate, as humans, we have that innate desire to compete. And we also have that innate desire to be rewarded for actions we take. So it's a great overlay strategy to the rest of the things you do. I don't think it's a replacement for a great visitor experience or attendee experience, but it certainly can help augment the engagement. 
What are the, some of the initial steps that someone can take when trying to, to add gamification to their event? Sure, it's a great question. So most of the event platforms that are in the market, most of the large ones have some sort of gamification functionality built in. So they, as you ha- host an event, you literally can assign a point value of some type to different actions. And you can build out that framework to say, this is a really important action. I'm going to give it more value or more points in the context of the framework of gamification that I will something else. So maybe a lead forum or attending a certain seminar or breakout session has a of high value, whereas clicking on a link to read a PDF has a slightly lower value. So you can set that framework and work with your agency partners or your team to really understand what you want folks to do. We also see a lot of what we call engagement scoring, and it really is based on gamification, which means we assign specific scores to each thing a person can do, and then that visitor or that attendee has a score. And then that score translates directly to the value of that lead to say an exhibit or a sponsor or somebody hosting an event. So the gamification is very much tied into that. So basically most of the platforms have that built in. There is a little bit of work on strategy that you should do around thinking about what is worth a point or what is worth 10 points, that type of thinking. But that's generally how we approach it. Can you give us some examples of what you've seen some of the companies do as far as incorporating this into their event? What kinds of gamification strategies that they've used and how they've showcased that to the attendees either prior to the event or during the actual event itself? Sure. We've actually had a lot of fun with it. So there's been a lot of instances where there's two very core ways that we see gamification unrolling. One is kind of the points-based reward system. So as you go to an event, you get different points. And at the end of the event, say it's a proprietary event hosted by a brand, maybe you get to use those points, convert them into cash, and then go to the company store and buy hats or buy some type of swag or get rewarded. So we see that kind of points-based. The other side of it is we see competition-based, so leaderboards. So in a lot of events, we'll have gamification leaderboards. So the people that are doing the most things, and you can literally see people trying to compete to do more things to get to the top of that leaderboard. And and sometimes those can be combined, but generally from a strategy or framework perspective in gamification, it's one or the other. I like the reward base because it is a through line. As you ask, like, what do you do before and afterwards? You can start that with the first click of the first email or banner ad or registration process, and you can begin to award points there, and you can reward them all through the event. And the leaderboard is great because it does generate that kind of like fun competitiveness. But the point systems I like because afterwards, as people convert those points into something, that gives you that excuse to have one more touch with that customer or that potential customer. So in other words, two weeks after the event, I've converted my points into a hat and that hat arrives at my home or my office, depending on where I'm sitting. And that's another touch point to remind them of the event. So it's a great way to kind of distribute swag and continue that brand experience past the event. Yeah, I love those ideas. Have you ever seen or have you ever heard, I guess, of anybody that's run into issues where, you know, the competitive spirit just becomes more of people just trying to click through the different things, not actually paying attention to what's going on. Does that happen? (laughs) It's a great question. It happens every time is the answer. There's always that one guy who just wants the points. 
The other side of that is there's 99 other people that don't, that they're doing it and it's a kind of an honest interaction. But there's always the one person that wants to be at the top of the leaderboard and is competitive. (laughs) And that's fun, you know, but they're probably also not your kind of number one prospect. And and certainly in the trade show business or in the events business, we have folks that kind of go from booth to booth collecting all the swag. And those are often the same people that'll, you know, run around clicking on things, but it's a very small percentage of the audience. So it really doesn't interfere with what you're trying to accomplish, but it's, it's kind of fun to watch. Exactly. And what I love about this too, is that there, like you mentioned, there's so many touch points that the exhibitor or the sponsor and the host can have with the person who's participating. Can we talk about cost a little bit? I know you said some of these, the gamification is kind of built into the technology of the virtual event platforms. If the particular event platform doesn't necessarily have a gamification component. What kind of costs could somebody be looking at? Or is there a kind of an alternative free option? Yeah, there are a ton of different kind of integration engines or modules from uh, that exist out there that you can integrate if your event platform doesn't already have it. It's not terribly expensive. Some of them have a licensing fee. Some of them have the integration cost, but it's an overall percentage of your budget. Most likely it's integrated. If you're using one of the major platforms, it's already there. And again, maybe that platform, it's part of the maybe the premium package instead of the regular package, but it really doesn't cost very much money to do this. And it is a great way on a per dollar basis to drive engagement. How can somebody measure the success of adding gamification to their event? Uh, in general, in the marketing space, we love to A-B test, but it's it can be difficult to A-B test because it's hard to control. If you add gamification, it's hard to create a control group where somebody has no gamification versus somebody who does. But what you can do if you add gamification is you can break up the data in such a way that you say is people that participated a lot in that whatever the actions were versus someone who didn't. And you can look at the differences there. So that's one way to measure how impactful it is. If you've had a previous event where you didn't have any gamification and now you have one with, you can certainly measure those differences. But in general, it's one of those things where the client will often ask for the data, but we know it works. And so there might not be very specific data. And many of the gamification companies that are dedicated to that as a business will have some data. But I would say... It's become one of those things in our in our world where it's just accepted knowledge or intelligence best practices that gamification works. You just need to design it to fit your objectives. And, and that goes back to a comment I made earlier around that engagement score. So beyond just laying the idea or the functionality of gamification into your event, where we see the most success is when we sit down and we work closely with the client to really understand what their goals and objectives are. And we build the framework of the gamification against that to create an engagement score. And that engagement score, um, you can actually track and you can track it event over event. So to give you an example is uh, out of a possible number of actions that you want somebody to take, they can score 100 points. You think a good attendee experience is 50 points and you want 50% of your audience to achieve that. Those are all very measurable and it's a little bit like set it and then run with it and see how it works and optimize it as you go. But that's that's the way we approach most gamification. It's not just an add-on that doesn't have a strategic underlying purpose. We look at it as an engagement engine as much as a gamification engine. And how does that fit into your overall engagement score and what defines a good user experience or a good prospect to, say, a sponsor? 
versus someone who isn't as interested. And we use it in that way very often. And what would you say is the number of companies that you're seeing who are having virtual events use gamification in their events? What are you kind of seeing as the percentage of attendees actually participating? Is there kind of like an average? Sure. Well, there there are numbers, but so I would say most, the answer to the ones that are using it are most because it is built into the major platforms and it doesn't cost a lot. So most of them turn it on. Most of the attendees that then go, we see very high numbers percentages in the high 80s and 90s of folks that fill out their profile. And once they fill out their profile, they're, they're gamified. It's it, They may not care about it, but they're doing it. So it's so participation uh, is very high on both counts. Where we don't see the numbers as high is the is the host that really think through it as a strategy versus just turn it on. And I think that's kind of where the rubber hits the road, so to speak. In that, if you you know if you're going to do it, it's yeah, it's a nice feature to have, but it's probably not providing a lot of value if you don't really strategically think through that visitor or that attendee experience and how gamification can augment that. And then, and then help you achieve your overall objectives and goals for that event. And, and that's the key to it. It's not just doing it. It's doing it with purpose and with a strategic underlying you know, idea behind it. And that's where we see it'd be great if everyone thought that way. Not everyone does. But that's where we see more of the breakage. Right. Are you seeing a lot of event planners kind of highlighting the gamification in their marketing communications prior to the event? And then during the actual event, are attendees being, how are they being notified to continue to participate or being pinged? Not so much that you're promoting the gamification because that very much is it. It's like promoting the sweepstakes for the stake, sake of a sweepstakes. You know, if, if you think of the way sweepstakes work, it's much better to promote the prize than it is the sweepstakes. And that's the same idea. So you don't see folks promoting gamification. You see them promoting the actions that might get you points within a gamification and then the rewards for doing those things. And so it's just, it's going past the what to the why. So, you know, I want to get your interest. I'm going to, I'm going to promote the Tesla. I'm not going to promote the fact that we're having a sweepstakes that you can win. It's the same idea. I'm not necessarily promoting gamification itself. I'm promoting the fun it creates. I'm promoting the prizes you can get for participating. I'm promoting the action I want you to take and its relationship to the overall framework of the gamification. Right. Absolutely. Everybody wants to know what that final prize is, right? Exactly. Exactly. What are the funnest um, things that you've seen event organizers do to use gamification or what are some of your favorite prizes that you've seen given out? The simplest is the swag, corporate swag. You get the hats and you can get a koozie, a beer koozie or a coffee cup. So, you know, th- those are fun and I think they extend the brand. But we've seen, you know, some larger prizes. And again, the challenge with larger prizes and the balance you have to have, you know, we've seen trips, we've seen we haven't seen anyone give away a car yet, but we have seen some pretty, you know, heady prices. The challenge with that is if the value of the item you're giving away is too high, that's where you're going to actually create bad behavior. That's where you're going to create people spending time just clicking on things to get their points. And so you really have to be smart about that. Like a big prize will attract a lot of attention, but it will also attract a lot of behavior that will mess up your data. And so you just, you have to balance that. But we, you know, again, like 
you know, a, a giveaway on, on a, on a trip or say a free consultation. If it's say you're an exhibitor and your service is, it begins with some type of um, consultation. I've seen a lot of it give, giving away that prize. So it kind of ties in the prize, which has actual value to it with the end goal of that person giving the prize is, Hey, I want to get in front of a potential customer or potential client. So there are definitely ways uh, to do that and that we've seen that are very effective. It's, it's, uh, it, it is a great way to do that. And, and certainly you don't want it to get in the way, right? You don't want the reason you, you, you that attendee stays longer really should be the content, not the game, but the game can get them to explore new areas and it, it maybe get them to do things they wouldn't have otherwise done. That will then lead them to a deeper and richer experience. You just, that, that's one of the watch watch outs for us is, don't allow the gamification to get in the way of the event or the core objectives, have it aligned to those and augment those, you know, support them. Absolutely. Is there anything else that we should be mindful of when incorporating gamification into our event? Again, the advice I would give folks is definitely try it, you know, always test and learn. Let's, let's try some things and see if they work and if they help. And just like with any marketing situation is, be purposeful. Like don't do it just for the sake of doing it. Let's, let's stop and think about it. Let's be strategic about it. Let's have it aligned to our overall goals and objectives for whatever it is we're doing. And at that point it becomes, you know, a very fun and very powerful tool for folks to use. I think those, those are the key things to look for. Big thing that's going on in industry you referred to, as you mentioned in a previous episode is kind of virtual events are the thing right now, because obviously we're being very virtual is, but we're really looking at the marketplace from a hybrid perspective. So how does virtual continue into the future and how do we offer folks that are, you know, on site that rich face-to-face experience, but we still believe there'll be for a time period, there'll be people that either don't want to go or can't go. And how do we continue these great strategies and learnings that we're having now where we're all virtual into the future to augment, increase reach, lower our cost per attendee, create very rich experiences in in a society or a culture that's very much digital first these days. Um, If you look at the events of the trade show industry, we can be a little bit old school. And I think that, you know, as as horrible as this experience has been for folks, it really is pushing us to innovate and evolve. And for me, that's exciting. I spent a good portion of my career in the digital space before coming into the experiential space. And for me, it really is kind of the the ideal confluence of those two areas. And so it's very exciting. It's uh, there's a lot going on in our industry and, and we're excited for it. Absolutely. I agree. I think this is a very exciting time for all of us. Thank you again for your time today and just appreciate all of your great advice and information. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Expose. Tune in every Tuesday to hear a new episode and join in on the conversation at exposedconferencespodcast.buzzsprout.com. 